0: I'm oh, so <laughs>
1: of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, January 30th. Just, what, one more day until the end of January? Transfer window opens tomorrow. I got a long story about how I finally ended up on the air tonight, and I don't even know if you guys will be able to get it because we're getting errors and everything else about the internet. I went to the internet store. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Julian Araujo possibly going to Barcelona. Uh, Some other transfers falling through. Uh, That seems likely as well. And, of course, they added some more talent with Apple TV's debut coming up on February 1st. We'll talk about a whole bunch of that. All right. To help me do it. He's back. We're glad to have him. Who God only knows if he'll show up and he'll talk and all those fun things will actually work as well. It's Kevin, the Panda Baxter. Kev, are you live? You doing okay over there?
0: I am, but but I have COVID, man. Look, look here. Yeah, yes. I
1: I I know you 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 positive. One one of the few times you'll be positive on this show the whole night, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Well, last week I thought I had it, and then I tested Tuesday after the show. Waited till after the show. Veteran move. And tested positive, and I did my five day quarantine. Took the medicine, went to the urgent care, got the medicine. By the way, I've traveled all over the world during COVID. I've been to Qatar twice, been to where else? Panama, Mexico, like four times, Costa Rica, Trinidad, El Salvador, Honduras, everywhere. Didn't get COVID. Got it from the lovely and talented Mrs. Panda after I got back from Qatar. She was there waiting for me with COVID. So <clears throat> I told everybody I took the test and and it looked good, and I th- was all happy. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to go out and do all these, do all these interviews this week. And I contacted all these people. I'll see you on Wednesday, and then the, f- the dreaded phantom line showed up.
1: The phantom line. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's that's how it goes. Unfortunately, uh, I was, I was sort of the same situation. We talked about that a little bit. Yes, I am absolutely aware that if you are streaming right now, that you're probably getting a horrible stream. Um, we're doing our best right now. We don't know what's going on with the internet. there almost wasn't a show and there kind of isn't a show, I guess, as it goes. But you and I are gonna do this, Kevin. I have it recording on the audio side, so uh, hopefully it'll it'll well, hang That's in there.
0: what happens when you get older. It's like a really horrible stream.
1: I heard it's every night I, I heard there's some like swelling that. involved and stuff like that. yeah, I had to go to the internet. Yeah. I literally switched out modems in like 20 minutes. I went to uh, the yeah. spectrum store. Yeah. I turned around. Well, no, no. Do, oh, tell it right way. You I, went to the internet store, I which went was to,
0: exit one off the information superhighway. Yes,
1: yes. I went to the internet store. I don't know what else to call it. I went to the spectrum store. Um, well, they saw the spectrum? Internet there? Yes, you can. Oh, they spell
0: spectrum, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh I went there. I got I got the modem. Like I was there in 7 minutes. I was I was out of there in 2 minutes. I was back and then I plugged it in it still didn't work. So that wasn't the that wasn't the thing that fixed it. That wasn't the problem. That did wasn't you, any of this. Did you stuff. turn
0: it on? Or, did you turn the computer on and off?
1: Yes, yes. I made sure it was you Make uh, sure it was plugged in. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 horrible. I mean, I can see the the whole the stream fluctuating as we're as we're talking right now and We've never had that problem before. It could have been the rain today. Who knows? Um, but we'll make our uh, we'll do our best. That's all we can do for for right now. Um, and we we'll it rained on. today. Yeah, apparently that's what I heard. I don't know. I I haven't been
0: outside in seven days, so I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, so uh, anyway, if you look at it, the LA Galaxy now just 26 days away from playing their opening game against LAFC at the Rose Bowl, and obviously Apple TV with a huge debut coming up um, on that particular one is again, so everything's really focused on that. Uh, There should be a lot of roster building going on, Kevin. There should be a lot of players coming in. I think... If you want good news, Chris Mavinga, uh, I think in France now in the in Los Angeles, he was on his way over. So he will finally be here and be able to train with the club um, as they go about their business with that. That's one of the people they brought in. Memo Rodriguez has already been training with the club, so that's the other guy that they brought in. Other than that, though, it's been send-offs. Everybody's been going the other direction, Kevin. Um, and and it, it it feels like perhaps there could even be one or two more send-offs before the type this this season starts. Does does it feel like panic time? It feels like panic time to me. That's that's what it is.
0: Well, no, you were saying last week, don't panic. Remember, you were like, ah, oh, they got they got this stuff to look working on, and they got. They got irons in the fire. Everything's going to be fine. By the way, um, tell everybody all about the Apple app, which you saw today. The
1: no, Apple TV I, I, app. You, you know, I can't. That's not nice. <laughs> don't don't be don't be mean to people. I, I I would love to share all of the information, but I can't. Uh, I we will be able,
0: wait until Wednesday.
1: We have to wait until Wednesday. I will. And I will tell everybody what I saw on Wednesday. That's it's that simple.
0: It's, it's embargoed.
1: That's right. That's right. That's a that's a fancy, uh, fancy term for everything. Uh, that's that, that you're not allowed the, to talk about.
0: You know, you were talking earlier about how Greg Vanney seemed to have a line on some things, and he did. He talked about that a lot. Look, we're working on some things. We got we we you know, we got some irons in the fire. There's people we're talking to. I would not be surprised if there were some announcements tomorrow when the transfer window officially opens. Um, if there isn't, then, yeah, then I think I start to panic if we get to Wednesday, Thursday, and nothing's happening. Because the Galaxy have some obvious needs to fill. It's not like you have to think about well do we do we pull the string on the defender deal or do we get the forward no no you need wingers period end of story get the wingers and then we can talk about the other stuff if there aren't some wingers coming in here uh by the end of the week yeah then i start to panic a little bit from the galaxy
1: yeah i mean it has to it, and it has to be that that's one of those things that it has to be right they have to be waiting for for wingers i mean they have to be going after that that's it seems to me like that's one of the things that they absolutely need but everything keeps going the wrong direction with that. Kevin, it feels like there's, there's so much stuff that is, that is not happening. The the big rumor right now is that Julian Araujo is going to depart for Barcelona and that he's asked the LA galaxy not to get in the way of that. That's, that's not small. That's not a small thing. That's a huge thing.
0: Um, and, and there's a couple of reasons why that could be right. Uh, you know, we've talked about Julian Araujo going to Europe for a while. I don't know that Barcelona was the club that we thought he'd be going to. I, I, I really didn't think he'd be going to a, a top, top club. But, you know, he played in the Barcelona Academy. They know him well, the Barcelona Academy in Arizona. They know him pretty well. He's been to Barcelona. He trained at uh, uh, La Masia uh, there. He had a little tryout. They, you know, spent a week there. They know who he is. They know all about him. They know his character. They know his family. All those things um, that you need to know before you pull, you know, the string on a deal like this, they know all that. So Barcelona could do it quickly if they wanted. Um, So... You know, on one hand, I'm surprised it's Barcelona because I don't think that Julian Araujo right now is necessarily a Barcelona player. On the other hand, I'm not surprised because they know him. Where this really hurts the Galaxy is we were talking last week. Again, they need wingers. Julian Araujo is not a winger, but he plays like a winger. You know, he's a winger stump double sometimes coming up uh, out of the back back line. He is a guy that is going to push forward and provide crosses, provide some offense, provide some of that spark that you generally get from a winger. Um, you know, overlapping runs, all those kind of things. So the fact that they need wingers and that you might wind up losing Julian Araujo instead is kind of double costly.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's that you're, you're right. Um, the other thing is that, as you said, he has the history with Barcelona. So when you're looking at this rumor, this is where he wants to go. You you can tell this is where he wants to go. This is why if that report of him asking the galaxy not to stand his way would be true. It seems like that would be a likely scenario for him. And, they have a spot open at that Barcelona B side, right? So they have a place for him to go and develop as a young player, and they're looking for that backup right now because their backup, I believe, is, is going to be transferring out somewhere else. So Julian Araujo could get some eight some A teams, some Barcelona games, but for the most part, he's going to go to Barcelona B. So here's the question, Kevin. Is Barcelona B better than, than LA Galaxy A? I mean...
0: I was just going I was just going to ask you that question. I think Barcelona B would would be definitely better than Galaxy A 2 years ago, but Jordan Rahu now is beyond that sort of young prospect got, uh, age into where he is now a you better deliver because you you know you've developed this is what you are are you know e- e- Efraín Álvarez is in that same situation and it's more dire for him. But he you know Jordan Rahu is no longer a prospect. He is a this is the finished Product more or less yes he's going to get better he's going to adapt a little bit but uh, I don't know that Barcelona B is better than Galaxy A if that's where he stays now if he winds up getting to play a few Barcelona games and maybe work his way in I don't know that he's ready to be a starter right now given you know where he is you know in, in his game and all that maybe he will be in a couple of years you know what he's not going to get that opportunity if he's with the Galaxy but if you're talking about just straight up Barcelona B versus Galaxy no. No, I don't. And I think Ricky Pouge probably has talked to him about that. Ricky Pouge was out, you know, what had 80 or 90 caps with Barcelona B and it probably told Julian all about it. I think Julian's thing is, is like, I can't, I can't impress them from here. I got to go there and do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a
0: gamble. I think if he does that.
1: uh,
0: Yeah. But it's also, this is the time
1: for him to jump though. Right. Does, does, does him staying for a little bit longer really solve any problems for him? For him, this is about individual development right now. This is not about the LA Galaxy. Right now, if Julian Araujo leaves the LA Galaxy are in a world of hurt, in terms of just starters that they would have lost already, you're looking at... Uh, Kevin Cabral, and you can roll your eyes. That's fine. Uh Kevin Cabral, you know, Samuel Grand Sir, you losing Victor Vasquez, you lost Sasha Klesh, and you're losing Julian Arajo, right? There's a whole handful of other like support players that you've lost. This is an LA Galaxy team that we expected to have very few changes in the offseason. Greg Vanny even said they have a core, they have where it's at, and we feel confident in sort of where we're where we're going with this, right? So he's already came out and said that this was the way that they they were trying to do it. Um and and now, if you look at it, I mean, losing Grand sure and Araujo are two that you didn't expect to lose. Those are starter caliber players that you were hoping that we were probably going to have back to keep that continuity. There's going to be a lot of change. Kelvin Leardam is not a direct replacement for Julian Araujo. And you talked about needing wingers. Um, Julian Araujo provides speed and offense on a right side that has Douglas Costa, who's not a w- true winger in that sense, who cuts inside, who doesn't have the speed. So the speed, the change of pace, everything Greg Vanney wants to do comes about on the right side because of somebody like Julian Araujo.
0: Right. And, and you're right. This is the time he has to make that jump. My point was though, you make the jump a couple of years ago, you're a prospect. You can sort of make your way into the lineup and develop. Um, I, I don't think, Barcelona is interested necessarily in developing Julian Rajo. I think they're interested in the player that they're getting, and I wonder if there's something to do with the Puj deal as well. Right, that one kind of came out of nowhere, and now all of a sudden the Galaxy are doing more business with with Barcelona right. with a a starting player. Right, I wonder if the, th- that is a product of those conversations that began last summer with Ricky Puj.
1: Yeah, I mean it very well. This could be very likely. This could be. And somebody was saying even in our discord was like, hey, you know, whenever you look at the conspiracy theory of things, maybe this was always in the works as part of Ricky Pouge coming over is that the L.A. Galaxy would then send over Julian Araujo at some point. Here's the other thing is uh, the deal that we're hearing so far is a loan deal, Kevin, um, and it could be a loan deal just until the end of the year for Barcelona as well. So you're talking about a six month loan basically right until the summer. Uh, in which case Julian Araujo come back. By the way, question mark whether or not that would even be legal because I'm pretty sure an ITC has to happen in order to come back, but loan recalls probably sound okay in my book, like in terms of if you're trying to figure that out, uh, whether or not that, that would be applied by the LA Galaxy summer transfer ban. What,
0: why, would, wh- what, why would the Galaxy do that? Why, I mean, I, I get Barcelona why they would do it, but if it's a six-month deal, the Galaxy get halfway into the season without one of their better players, they get them back, it, it just, it just doesn't seem like a good deal for the galaxy. I mean, I understand if Barcelona wants the guy and then you, tr- you trade him or transfer him and he's there, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years, even if, if you want to put a limit on the transfer, but to do it for six months and get him back in the middle of the season when, you know, given this, the roster they have now, they could be well under 500. You know, why does Joan Raho come back at that point?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. And I don't know the answer to that. That's, that's one of those weird, uh, weird sort of things that you're, you know, you're trying to figure out. I don't, I don't know any of this right now because I would be very certain that the LA Galaxy would think that um, that trying to, you know, replace somebody like Julian Araujo sort of in this last minute, um, it, that it, it seems like it's an uphill battle for them. It seems like another body they have to replace. It seems like something you wouldn't want to do. when one of your largest games ever is the first game of the season. I mean, there's just. It doesn't seem to be. It feels like nothing went to plan this off season, right? That's in what it timing. feels like.
0: I mean, if they had this agreement, you would have thought that they would have. Um, you know, maybe the transfer window had something to do with it. There's, there's some timing, but if this agreement had been in place for a while, this is something that both sides have talked about. Why wait till now to do it again? With the galaxy scrambling to replace all the players they've already lost, why add another one to that? Um, you know, it would seem that this is something that you might have earlier in the season said, you know, in addition to the wingers, we need to replace an outside back because Julian is leaving. That's not kind of the way it it went down. Another thing that I think is real interesting is we're used to the Galaxy being part of the conversations for all the big players coming over. We're used to all these names leaking and um, rumors all the time. Under Greg Vanny, that hasn't really happened. Um, You know, the guys that got, we didn't know anything. I, I didn't know anything about Ricky Puget until almost the day he showed up. I didn't know about Bergman. We heard a little bit about Bergman before he came. Caceres, I don't think we heard a lot about that until just before it happened. Usually there's a long run up to these trades. And I don't know whether Vanny's doing a good job of keeping it secret, whether he's pulling, whether these trades happen really quickly and there's no time for rumors to start to circulate. But it's kind of been weird under Greg Vanny. It's been quiet, quiet, quiet. And then boom, a trade happens or a deal happens or a transfer happens or a signing happens.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you're now 26 days from the start of the season, you would expect that they would have incoming players. Now, one of those possible incoming players was, and and we were sort of talking about this a little bit, is, is Albert Elise was possibly coming back to Major League Soccer. He was rumored to be coming to LAFC, then apparently that deal fell out. Uh, we had rumors that the LA Galaxy were in there trying to go over top of LAFC to get uh, Elise back to uh, to to the LA Galaxy to MLS, and you know he was he was a big player with with Houston um, during his time. This is a proven sort of signed signed player, and now it seems like Elise is going to be going to to French club um, Brest. And so uh, when you look at just that little interaction again, it seems like again the Galaxy out there reaching and don't get it. Aaron Long, the LA Galaxy reaching and don't get it it's impossible to know if these guys are just outside of the reach of what the LA galaxy are doing or whether the galaxy are actually just straight up missing on these signings, but it's not a positive sign that it seems that there's a lot of missed connections for the LA galaxy. This off season season, than, than landed connections. I mean, very, very bit roles right now. Chris Mavinga and, and memo Rodriguez are not huge names in terms of the, the signings they brought in.
0: No, those both look like guys that just needed a job. And, and, needed to find a home. But you're right. I mean, even you go back to last year, the Galaxy went into the offseason last year needing midfielders really badly. And three midfielders moved within the conference. Eli Sanchez, Kellen Acosta, and and Albert Rusnik. None of them went to the Galaxy, correct? Two of them came to L.A. and didn't go to the Galaxy. They, um, Those they, were they, they did not lose those players in the past.
1: Right. And, and I would also say that they did get Mark Delgado out of that. But it certainly seemed like Delgado probably wasn't their first pick in all of that. And Delgado's worked out very well. And again, Puj and Brugman are hits. Let's let's be very clear on that. Puj, Brugman, uh, Cosser. Those those are those are hits. Those are not misses. Um, but the LA Galaxy have had plenty of misses and that's sort of what what why it puts it in there. I thought this critique and, you know, I'm not always the the biggest fan of of Matt Doyle, but um, I, I believe for him to feel confident enough to tweet this out as an MLS talking head and be this critical of the LA Galaxy. He said about uh, Albert Elise. He said Galaxy should come in over the top of whatever Breast offers. Uh, Elise is in his prime and his MLS proven him who's Chicharito plus a new young DP left winger equals 80 goals. He sees that. And then the follow up to that is the Galaxy can't be relied upon to scout well for unproven players. So an elite in his prime MLS proven attacker like Elise removes that variable. Thus, he's worth much more to the Galaxy than to other high spending teams, which tend to scout better for that reason if that isn't a scathing review of the la galaxy and what they were and what they are now i don't know what is and i don't know that well, you would have gotten anybody at mls headquarters to say something like that until probably this year
0: well and it's spot on because when you think about for all the 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 drawbacks with cabral and i know he's not a favorite of the fans cabral and Grant you look at them and they they have some immense talent they, they have some skills it, it just didn't transfer to MLS for whatever reason. They were not good MLS players. Grant Sear a little better than Cabral, but they were not what we thought we were getting you know, as MLS players. And you can also say the same thing about Revelison and some of the other players that Galaxy brought in lately. And then you make the point with Ellis, uh, he comes in and he would be he's a proven guy. He's been here before. He knows the trial. All those things that you keep hearing players. Ricky Puj is, is probably one of the exceptions, the guy that stepped in and, and adapted quickly because he's, he's that good. But you hear everybody else, oh, the travel, oh, the weather, oh, the long season, and I'm not, you know, I don't speak English. Well, whatever it is, it, it, it you look at them and you say, yeah, they're really good players, but they're not good MLS players. They're not helping the team. This is a guy that all those, as Matt Doyle said, all those questions have been answered. We know what he can do. We know he can do it in this league. We can know he did, he can do it at this level. Uh, he would step right in, and Greg Vanny's a longtime MLS coach. Probably, uh, definitely coached against him. Knows what he can do. It seemed like a win-win, and I would agree. I mean, unless we're talking about twelve million dollars, you know, if it's we're talking three, four, five, the Galaxy have the money to spend right now.
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it's one of those. It, it just it just sort of baffles me that. Again, you look at sort of the erosion by degrees of what has happened to the LA Galaxy, Kevin, and you see sort of just the overall image that the Galaxy have throughout the league. Right. And you can look at this directly and say, this is the chipping away. This is the erosion of what the LA Galaxy were. You can be arrogant. You can be this big puffy chess team whenever you're winning four out of you know three out of the last four MLS cups. Right. You can be those people when you haven't won crap. In years, you got caught cheating in one year where you were actually semi-successful. Um, you can't say, and this is where I disagree with Greg Vanny when he says he doesn't understand, doesn't see the image of the LA Galaxy eroding. Greg, of course, you see it, and everybody sees it. I mean, Matt Doyle, who works for MLS, sees it and feels comfortable saying that to everybody and all of his all of his followers. There's an erosion here. They're missing on players. They're not getting the guys they want. You can bet that there were, I, I mean, I have to imagine, and I don't know this. This is pure speculation. So please save the save the hate of, you know, oh, well, you don't know what's really going on. You're right. I don't know really what's going on, but I can tell you there have to have been some angry discussions that happened this last week knowing that they're not getting the targets because it certainly seems that way. And now Greg Vanny is going to have to deal with Julian Araujo, who, wants, who very likely could want to go to Barcelona is going to have to leave. You're going to lose another player, um, and you're, you don't have a replacement. There is no direct replacement for Julian Araujo really within the league right now. Um, and and you have to find it outside the league by April 24th is, is that time. But the first five, six games,
0: are you going to throw them out the window? Not when the first one's against LAFC. And you're right. The whole arrogant thing, I mean, the, the arrogance, that's the right word. The Galaxy have, for a long time, just acted as if they just roll the ball out because they're the five-time champions. You know, let's it, the Galaxy are the most successful franchise in MLS history. They've won more games. they won more titles. They hold more records than anybody else. But that team is not the team that is on the field now. Um, they haven't been to an MLS Cup final since 2014. That's the longest drought in history. Since 2017, they have a, win, uh, a, win, a losing record. That's never happened over that long of a stretch in franchise history. Everything is trending the other way. This is not the Galaxy team that won five trophies. Yes, the Galaxy franchise has won five MLS Cups. This team has not. This team has not even won two playoff games in a row. So things have changed. And and you know I know Greg Vanny's talked about wanting to put his plan in place, and he has a vision. It seems to me that that vision is being interrupted by the people above him, whether it's Dan Beckerman, whether it's Chris Klein, whether it's the cheating scandal, whether it's the MLS sanctions it's not going the way he wanted he does not want to be on february 1st of this year you know four weeks from his opener he does not want to be without you know a third of his starting lineup that's for sure and so it's not coming together the way he envisioned and to, to be honest i know he he speaks positively all the time and and that's what coaches are supposed to do they're supposed to be optimistic but also i think there's a a little bit of a threat of frustration that it's just not going the way he had anticipated it would go
1: yeah, and, and it sort of continues to do that. If we look at the uh, the timelines coming up, and MLS finally sort of officially announced this, although we've sort of seen indications of this, and if you went on the FIFA website, this has been when the, the transfer windows have been marked out, um, the 2023 uh, key transaction dates. Uh, the primary transfer window open starting Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, we're recording on Monday night. So Tuesday, January 31st, to Monday, April 24th, 2023. That, that just means that if you signed anybody uh, in recent times, you can register them starting on January 31st. Guess what? They're already registered. They're just going to get processed on January 31st. Like everything will just sort of move through. So all those signs will come. It ends on Monday, April 24th. Now, we know that Chris Klein is is suspended from soccer operations for that primary transfer window. So that is Tuesday, January thirty first to Monday, April twenty fourth, uh, and probably just that window. And so uh, i i don't I don't know if that means he can't go to the facility or or what that means. I would imagine that he just if he sees Greg Vandy walking down the hallway, yes, turn around, and run the other other direction.
0: But but, but who's going to police that? I, I mean, that, that's just the most ridiculous suspension I've ever heard.
1: It seems weird. I I agree with you. I don't know how you how you police that. I don't. Does he have know. an
0: ankle monitor? Yeah, it's like an ankle monitor, and if he gets close to Greg Vanny, it starts to beep. Well, what, what can he use his phone? Is 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 the phone blocked where he can't call Greg Vanny's number? Could Greg Vanny call him from another number? I mean, it, it seems like this is on the honor system, and to to, to suspend somebody for breaking a rule and then say well you know we're going to trust you we trust do that it again." Yeah, exactly
1: that that is that is humorous i never i never thought of it that way but yeah that is that is funny uh mls roster compliance deadline happens as we said usually the day before the game starts so at 8 p.m eastern on friday february 24th that is your mls roster compliance deadline so should the la galaxy have nine of eight international slots they'll need to get that ninth one or they can't play those players um, and can't register those players. That is when the roster needs to be in compliance. For that, if the LA Galaxy have you know three designated players and they're all senior designated players at that point, they would then need to make sure that they don't have more than one U twenty two player. Um, the secondary transfer, which the LA Galaxy are barred from making any international transfers from, starts on Wednesday, July fifth to Wednesday, August second. I can already imagine the Galaxy fans and how uh, how well they'll be feeling during this secondary transfer window. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. And then roster freezes Wednesday, September 13th. That's whenever no more players allowed to be brought in. (laughs) Remember, outside of transfer windows, you can use free agents. Free agents are available, and you can bring them in at any time up to the roster freeze date. So those are sort of the the rules and the dates that are going to govern this 2023 season.
0: You know, it's so interesting you bring up that February 25th game because – The Galaxy are going to say, look, we're still putting our team together. We don't have a roster here. We don't have, you know, not everybody was in camp. Hey, you guys put that marker out there. The Galaxy did last year in October, said September or February 25th. We were going to play at the Rose Bowl against LAFC. It's going to be Apple TV's first game. This was the marker they put out there. And then for them to sort of come back and say, well, you know, we wasted all the offseason. We didn't do crap. We didn't get anybody. We're going to play with the B squad because that's all we have right now. No, you know, you guys, this was your game that you set up and you it was the idea of this is going to kick off a new great year for us. And then to to, to, to show up with half a team, um, I don't want to say it's inexcusable, but it's certainly not the way they designed it.
1: Yeah, there, there does seem to be some indications as well, or at least some rumors that Efrain Alvarez could also be on the move. Um, and so you're looking at Julian Araujo and Efrain Alvarez, which, by the way, I believe both of them have played in like every game so far this preseason. Um, and I think that Julian Araujo has played mostly winger. I think Raheem Edwards has played more winger. I think Chase Gasper has been playing left back. I think, you know, Kelvin Leardam has been playing at right back. The L.A. Galaxy played a preseason scrimmage against Charlotte, of which we know fairly little, except that Ricky Puj scored a penalty kick goal. That I think that game ended 1-1. Um, this,
0: they're, unbeaten this, they're unbeaten in the
1: preseason. This, this is... This happened somewhat last year, and I think that there's an epidemic of this particular thing this year because you're seeing other teams do it as well, but teams saying that they're not going to share results of preseason scrimmages because what they think that that's like not a fair measure, like they think that people are going to get upset about preseason, I mean somebody pointed it this way Wow, MLS, I guess you have so many fans that you don't need to pay any attention to them in the preseason. You don't need to give them content. You don't need to give them highlights. You don't need to give them information on who won and who scored. I mean, that's how you track your team, right? Kevin. I mean, can you imagine the Dodgers playing like the angels in a preseason met in, in a, in a spring training game and then being like, but we're not telling anybody what happened. Okay. That seems that seems out of touch with with what should be an exciting time that you're building this excitement for the season, doesn't it?
0: Well, and I know I, I turn off an awful lot of fans when I tell all these baseball stories, but but you're right. I mean, they, they play the preseason games. they are some of them are on TV. They're all played in the stadium. You pay attendance to get in. Everyone sees it. And then sometimes they'll send a guy down to a, a B game and to a minor league game to get some extra at bats or throw some extra innings. You know what happens if you're one of the, the, the media people covering the team, they tell you, Hey, on the B field today, you didn't see it because you were at the big game. Clayton Kershaw threw 23 pitches, 12 strikes, struck out seven, whatever he did, they tell you all about it. Um, it they don't hide any of it. And if Clayton Kershaw gets lit, they tell you that too. Um, the idea, because it's, That's what being responsible and being transparent is all about. And and I, I think you're right. I mean, they keep track of the score of the game. They know who scored. They know what the score was. Why not tell us? Because it does build fans. This whole idea of MLS seems to believe that Oh, our product is so good. You're going to come see it. We don't have to build fans. No, no, I I think that you actually do have to build fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I would just like to point out. I ended the live stream because, you know, it it was it was lagging too much. People couldn't pay attention to it. Um, And then the whole live stream was just them people complaining that they couldn't hear the stream. So I I understand it. We're sorry. Um, We're lucky that there was even a show tonight at this point, so I'm happy that we're at least getting that. It'll be out on podcast. You'll be able to get it. And if you're listening to it, you probably caught it on the podcast because I'm guessing we didn't get a whole lot of video out of that front part of of the stream. So this may be one of the the, this may be one of like the hidden episodes, Kevin, where it'll just go out on podcast. So there's no video on this? No. No, I mean, so I can, I, am, I can do the rest of this, and I can do the
0: rest of this in my underwear.
1: I mean, you already are. Uh, re- recording. Um, we're, we're I'm recording it on video just in case there's a possibility of oh, adding shit. some stuff. Okay. What really, really? Now I can't do it because you're swearing on the on on the podcast. Did COVID go to your no, brain? No, I didn't.
0: I didn't say a bad word. No, did you? Say a bad word. I'm pretty sure you so did. Shoot.
1: Yeah, I don't. Shoot. I don't think that's what you said. No, really. All right, it's going to be one of those shows. Why not off the rails? Just throw it right in the right in the trash. Um, it's kind of like the Galaxy's offseason. It, it feels that way. Uh, but wh- you know
0: what? We're talking about all this, and, and I, I have to tell you, I'm a little bit uncomfortable because the transfer window opens tomorrow. As you said, it's probably a lot of guys have been registered, and, and they're going to be registered officially tomorrow. We don't know for absolute 110% certain that the galaxy don't have a whole bunch of guys.
1: Oh, oh, the double tree, guaranteed. ready to release. Guaranteed, it's happening. I mean, especially, especially after the crazy night that we had with this like whole stream and trying to get the internet up and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I guarantee you, they're they they're announcing seven signings tomorrow. Um, it, it, I, again, I, I think that I think they have time, but I don't think this is the way they expected it to go. Um, just by even what Greg Vanny said, oh well, we expect to have some things in the next week or two, and we're sort of at the end of that too, right? The a week or two, we're 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 climbing into that end of that, and that seems that seems unlike what Greg Vanny had expected. He also told us that you know he's only expecting to make a couple changes this year, and now there's more than a couple changes have been needed because they've lost so many people, and they, again with with Julian Araujo possibly going, that's that's another one. You want to talk about another rumor? that the LA Galaxy apparently are not getting uh, because that's what we have to talk about right now and unfortunately that's the news and whenever they sign people we will talk about those people so again fair and balanced there you haven't signed anybody so we're going to tell you who they haven't signed it's going to be a long list of players the LA Galaxy haven't signed uh, isco was the big rumor right Kevin isco was coming to the LA Galaxy we've heard it for months and months and months and months and months and there was an internet frenzy over the weekend that isco was coming um, and it seems that Union Berlin are set to sign free agent isco on a contract until the summer with an option of a further year so that seems like another player perhaps the LA Galaxy aren't getting of course could as you rightfully said could be announced tomorrow uh, as an LA Galaxy player we d- we don't know
0: when did this thing start to go off the rails because you know, I, I know the Cabral deal was a popular one. The Galaxy yes. seemed to be really motivated to do it because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to eat half his salary, Yep, um, which is interesting. But that also came right after the the suspension came down and the fine, which is $2 million, a uh, million dollar fine. And and then the uh, um, the allocation money, a million dollars in allocation money, That the, the money they got from the Cabral trade paid off a lot of that. Right off the bat, and it's almost like the galaxy said, "Holy crap, we got to get some money for this, uh, you know, to pay these fines off." Who can we send out? Who's worth worth some money? Who can we get rid of? I don't know that the Cabral thing necessarily fit into the strategy that Greg Vanny had for rebuilding the team this offseason. Uh, I mean, di- I disagree. Criticized by the, no. by the- suspension no
1: no i i thought that there was that, that cabral had made it untenable to stay he, he there was zero chance he was staying which is why the yellow galaxy are like we need to get rid of you how do we get rid of you we'll pay half your salary it's literally that important to not have you on the team we will pay somebody else an in conference rival to have you instead of us so i don't think i i would say the grand seer thing is whenever things started to slide a little bit uh
0: but, but that wasn't their. i mean that was out of their control that was a thing that they couldn't have foresaw and couldn't foreseen or whatever couldn't have predicted yes um that one kind of came out of left field i think a little i think they they totally anticipated for him to be back
1: yeah which is why it would go off the wheels like it, it's like you don't plan on getting a flat tire do you kevin No, you get one and you're like, oh, crap, I got a flat tire. That's what that's what it felt like. Grand Sear was. It was a flat tire. It's like, well, we didn't expect that. We only expected to have to fill this position. We only needed one designated player winger to come in. Now we need a high Tam winger and we need a designated player winger and we have to figure out what we're doing with Douglas Costa. Remember how I was convinced that Douglas Costa wasn't coming back? Because they just seem like he was too much of a, a question mark. How do you not bring Douglas Costa back right now, knowing that he has some of that flexibility and some of the knowledge of the system that is going on right now that you don't have to relearn that with somebody else? He at least plays and the Galaxy are used to him playing at this point. So how can you how, would you want Do you move Costa
0: and then have to get another person in this opening transfer window? Well, I don't think you'd do that, but I, I'm a little worried. I, if I were a Galaxy fan, I'd be a little worried about this guy I spent all off season trying to try to get moved, try to go back to Brazil. And now he shows up. Great. OK, fine. Put the uniform on him and put him in the starting lineup. But how committed he's, is he going to be to what's going on?
1: It was, it was funny. I asked Greg if he had any uncertainty about Douglas Costa. He said no. So I kind of read that to mean that like they knew exactly what they were doing with Douglas Costa. So. Was that mean that they were actually going to to move him at that time? That was like sort of one of the questions is like, OK, well, they know exactly what they're doing. That could still happen, by the way, Kevin. They could still buy out Douglas Costa. And then you have another DP and another winger to find. And you only have until April 24th. I Damien was Damien came on the show on Thursday night because he was out at training on uh, last Thursday. So he was able to talk to some people. So we were asking him about it. And, you know, Greg was sort of t- hinting, Kevin, at the fact that the the European transfer window shuts down tomorrow um, on J- on January 31st. And that they were using that as an advantage, which was sort of like, hey, now you can't go anywhere else. Now you can come see us. We want you, so come on over. But there's a disadvantage to that as well, which means that the teams that those players are on can't get a replacement in whenever that happens. So you have to find somebody who's underutilized on the team so that way they don't mind that you're going to take them and they'd rather have the cash.
0: Damien is like an oracle. But doesn't this make you miss the days of, of Gio and Jonathan Dos Santos? No. no. Why?
1: no. Why? 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 <laughs> Why would you say
0: that? At least they showed up. Okay.
1: Sometimes, sometimes Giovanni Dos Santos was, was absent and injured often. And so was Jonathan Dos Santos for that matter. Remember we talked about DPs missing minutes all the time. So, um yeah that's sort of where we sit the other thing that we're gonna do and i think we'll make this an abbreviated little show just because of all the technical problems and all the fun stuff that we've had so far
0: you gotta go back to the internet store
1: i do i have to throw something against a wall or do something um the uh mls came out and announced another batch of studio analysts and play-by-play uh personalities and a whole bunch of other people i think there were 31 announcements. That sort of came in here. Kaelin Kyle was one. Uh, the match analyst was really where it was. Uh, Brian Dunseth was a big one. Kobe Jones was a big one. Um, they had Heath Pierce in there. Lloyd Sam. Uh, let's see. Studio analyst with Shep Messing in there. Which Shep, I, I'm glad that he's in there. I, I, I enjoy me some Shep Messing. Uh, You're One of your favorites, a rules analyst, Christina Uncle. We'll be, she is awesome. She's the best. I knew I was gonna say it and you were gonna jump up and down. Uh the play-by-play guys, uh, Keith Costigan, uh, let's see, Kevin Egan, Mark followwell Um, let's see, Adrian. Da, 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 there's some there's some Spanish language guys in here as well. Adrian Healy is part of the next this next one. Um, and so Mark Rogan Dino, Sergio Ruiz, Tyler Terrans and Caleb Williams, who's one of my favorites as well. So that is like of course the big one, Kobe Jones getting a match analyst or color analyst. Um, you know, position Kobe Jones gets to do that. Everybody's asking about Joe Tatino. Joe was responding to people today and said, Hey, relax, we're going to figure this out. I had heard that there is going to be a place for Joe. I think it's going to be more team centric. Uh, and I, I don't know. We'd have to ask Joe, but part of me thinks that maybe Joe didn't want to go join the Apple stuff because he didn't want to go travel and have to go cover other games and do the whole thing. He really is, you know, the galaxy guy he drives up from San Diego he makes, you know, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park sort of his home and, and the way that he does that. So so and we can we'll get him on the show and we'll ask him once we know sort of what his thing is. But I, I've i heard only good things that Joe Titino will be around and near the L.A. Galaxy in this 2023 season.
0: Yeah, I, I suspect that he will. They have an awful lot of shoulder program they need to produce, according to the Apple TV contract. The thing is, is here and this is a real fear of mine. I love Joe. Joe is a Galaxy guy. We know that. He started with the Galaxy. He's been here longer than anybody, I think, right? With the Galaxy. Yes. Been one, here one since them, the yeah. very start. Mm-hmm. Since been, been here from the very start, every single game, he's been around. But the thing I love about Joe is he's like a lot of LA announcers. LA is a, is a, a community that's made up of people from all over the world. And so... When you say uh, you know, everyone's a Galaxy fan, that may not necessarily be true. They may be listening to the Galaxy-Kansas City game because they're from Kansas City. My point is that's how Vince Gully was. That's how Bob Miller was. That's how Dick Enberg was. That's how all these guys have always been, Jaime Harin, you know, Chick Hearn. I would hate for Joe to lose that. Joe's been like that too. He tells you what's happening in the game, and he doesn't do it through a Galaxy fan's eyes. He, he, he's honest, and you can believe him. When he says the Galaxy suck, you can believe him. When he said the Galaxy are playing well, you can believe that too because he's – down the middle, and he's honest. I, I would hope that whatever stuff he has to wind up doing from the galaxy, he doesn't become a homer, a homer because I like being able to trust what he's what he's telling me that it's absolute truth, and he's not seeing it through a fan's eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I think you're right. Um, there's a lot to that. Um, uh, I would imagine there's still more on-air talent to be announced. I This is not the end. This is not the end. So e, they've had two. This is sort of the second round of announcements. I imagine there's probably going to be at least one more before the start of the season. Um, a lot of things ramping up for Apple TV and, and sort of coming out. And again, that I think everything, every, I think their app debuts on February 1st. Um, so that's coming up in just a couple days. And as soon as that happens, I'll be able to tell you all the stuff that I learned about it. Um, and I, I think you're going to be um you know it it feels like they at least have a product to be able to launch on february 1st let's put it that
0: way you know what's missing is they don't have triple p is not coming back because right now there are no sideline reporters and that seems to be a big hole and the reason i bring that up is because you see uh, uh televised sports everywhere else there's a lot of stuff with sidelines with cameras running out onto the field i think when apple tv was doing the mlb games on on friday's that they like, had dugout cams and they were doing interviews during games. There's no sideline reporters. I wonder if they've just decided that that's not going to work and we're not going to talk to players and coaches in the heat of competition or are they going to do that? Are they are going to just have a camera guy put a, a headphone on the coach and ask him questions from the booth? How is that going to work?
1: Yeah, I do think it's a missing dimension. I will say that if you look at a lot of the European broadcasts of games, they don't have sideline reporters, right? But in the United States, we fairly typical have had had sideline reporters. That's something we're used to.
0: I'd, I'd rather do without it, to be honest. I mean, I know it adds something to the game, but you, so you asking a coach Oh yeah. in the heat of competition, yeah. well, you know, what's your strategy? Well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. That's all what they always say that we're going to keep doing what we're doing or, or, uh, you know, we're down by 31 points. We're going to have to find a solution. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, Nostradamus, obviously you're going to have to find a solution. I, I don't think you get anything good out of that. And, and I, I think it takes the players and the coaches out of the headspace they need to be in, uh, to compete in the game. We, Let's do the interviews after the game. Um, let's kind of let them concentrate on what they're doing.
1: Do you want to know the biggest, biggest exception to that ever, in in my mind? Because as soon as you said we never get anything out of that, which, by the way, 99.9% of the time, you're absolutely right. Biggest exception, Bruce Aruna talking to Kelly Tennant. In I think 2014, uh, the Galaxy are losing I think three to nothing at, at Colorado at the time. It's halftime. Bruce Arena's walking back onto the field. Kelly Tennant says, "Hey Bruce, uh, what can we expect out of the second half?" And Bruce Arena goes, basically, he goes, he goes, "I think you're going to see something this half." He goes, "I challenged all of these guys." I think you're going to see something. This is they're going to have to It's time for them to basically be men. Right. That was the whole thing. It was like he said this whole thing and the galaxy came out and won that game three to two. Like Bruce wasn't messing around. He was like, I'm calling them all out right now. Let's see something. You're going to see something because they're going to react. And I know they are. And he was
0: right. Well, we all know that. Only I love Bruce Arena more than you do. And so Bruce Arena was a very different guy. But I heard a college football coach once who said, he goes, I know how long they have between the the start of the half and the commercial break they have to go to. I know they got two minutes and the best that they can answer ask me is two questions in that time. And so what he did is he just talked as long as he possibly could to answer the first question. And then there was no follow-up because they ran out of time. Yep. So the yep. coaches get it. They get they it. They know they're not going to give anything away, and and they know that they have to do it contractually. They're obligated. They got to do that, but they don't actually have. No one said you have to actually say anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. Well, uh, Galaxy have a, a preseason game coming up on Saturday. Um, this is the LA Galaxy versus New York City. I think it's a 7 p.m. kickoff time. Is it seven or 7:30? 7 I can't remember off the top of my head. I was I had it all prepared, and then I had to dump all my notes whenever I had no internet. Um and so I I was scrambling to sort of uh, get that going. I'm I'm gonna type up and look up the schedule as we as we talk here. Um, well, i I'm
0: just I'll just add then while you're doing that. Um, I'll just add to the whole sideline reporter thing. I just thought, could you imagine Jose Mourinho or or Sir Alex Ferguson or any of those guys being asked by some? Yes, um I can uh, imagine it. Reporter? I can imagine <laughs> yeah. it.
1: I would like to see it. I mean, that's one of you those guys things. It's like
0: terrible in <laughs> the first half. What are you going to do in the second half, Sir Alex?
1: Uh, LA Galaxy yeah. hosting New York City coming up at 7 p.m. at Dignity L Sports Park. That is a preseason game uh, coming open up. Open to fans. Open to the fans if they're not boycotting, okay. uh, they're more than welcome to show up. Um,
0: they're welcome to show up even if they are boycotting.
1: Yeah, but I think that sort of negates if they are boycotting. Yeah, it, why it would does. they show up? Okay, exactly. I just I, I was just I just wanted to know. Um, so 7 PM is that, uh, then the LA galaxy will head off uh, into Coachella, um, do all that fun stuff. They have three games there. I think the biggest one is that Sunday, <coughs> excuse me, Sunday game on, uh, February 15th, I think it's 10.30 a.m. I, I think that, eh, that sounds like it's in the middle of the week. How about the 12th, uh, the 10.30 a.m. Uh, game against Portland? Um, so there's some early games, 11 did, a.m., 10.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Uh, there, they do
0: play St. Louis. I think that'll be an interesting game. Well, it's, it's, a, it's St. Pre- Louis could have a pretty good team. It's a preseason game. I know, but they, I mean, the first time we're going to get to see some of these guys. Yes. Um, St. Louis had, you know, St. Louis, um, even though they didn't have a team last year, they had five, four or five players signed. They have, like, the 25th highest payroll in MLS, which that's not very high, but we only have four or five players, and the other teams have 30 guys, and they're competing for a title. That's pretty good. They had a higher payroll, I think, than Philadelphia. One of the playoff teams. They had a higher payroll than one of the playoff teams.
1: That's, that's, that is that's kind of nuts, uh, kind of crazy. So it'll be fun to see the addition 29 teams this year in Major League Soccer. I, I mean, I am prepared very much so that the LA Galaxy will be making signings. One, because they have to be making signings, Kevin. I just don't know... Um, it, it would surprise me uh, in some ways if they're all like sort of first picks. You know what I mean? Like this isn't pl- they're not on plan B or C at this point um, trying to go through. And that, that happens sometimes. You go after guys and you're like, we're never going to get that guy. Who's next? You know, we're going to go after the next guy and do that stuff. So um, I think it's a real test. This is a real test. Uh, I don't think that anybody had planned that to make this many moves. The fact that there's no summer transfer window for the LA Galaxy also, a huge consideration with everything they're doing. Maybe they're being extra certain, extra sure that they're getting the exact right guys in this opening window because they can do not have a chance at a second window. Um, that's it. The, I, I'm, and we will talk about sort of the intra league transfers and whether or not that will become a thing in the summer, which it could be in the galaxy could be very active in that. We'll see. But whenever we sort of sit there and take a look at what's going on right now, we have to sort of envision that there won't be any intra-league transfers in the summer because it won't get done. And I don't think Greg Vanny can count on that right now, um, even though he's spoken sort of highly of that of that particular process of, of trying to go through and have intra-league transfers.
0: Let me play devil's advocate for a second. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. We do know that Greg Vanny has not shown any signs of panic and appears to be under control. And we also know that he likes having his guys in for the majority of preseason. I wonder if there is a lot of signings coming tomorrow. I mean, it would make sense in, in, in a lot of ways. Explains why Greg Vanny isn't isn't panicking. Explains why he's so cool, calm, and collected and confident. Um, you know, maybe they are gonna announce some guys tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, but what why do you think they're waiting like what do you think tomorrow is? What what do you think so magic about tomorrow that tomorrow could be a day where all of a sudden you see four or five signings? The, the, because it doesn't the window doesn't matter. Like the window has been open. You can you can say it officially opens tomorrow, but you can sign and announce anybody you want. And they could have already been in camp and training. Right? They signed Chris Mavinga. He's coming. They they didn't need to wait for the transfer window to open. So there's nothing really that's precluding the LA Galaxy from announcing anybody already. So tomorrow is not that's necessarily they, a day.
0: That's why the Charlotte game was closed, because <laughs> they didn't want to see Mbappe and Neymar on the field.
1: That's exactly what it was. I'm glad you figured that out. See, this is why heart-hitting journalism. This is this is good. Yes, I'm, I'm glad the absolutely. COVID brain didn't go to you. You feeling better, <laughs> by the way? You seem, you seem to be in pretty good spirits.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed at that phantom line that's going <laughs> to... Just keep me sidelined for another five
1: days. Those ghost lines, they just stick around for a little while for sure. So uh, I
0: talked to somebody today, a a guy who's a spokesman for NASCAR, hint, hint, what I'm going to be doing on the next week. Um, And he told me that he he tested positive for six weeks. He was out and about doing everything because after 10 days, you're free to go. Right. Um, But... for six weeks, he continued to test
1: positive. I I heard that like if you don't have it real bad, that sometimes the line sticks around even longer than if like you had it really bad and then it like clears your system or however that goes. Just interesting. It, I told you, you yours almost mimicked mine exactly, which was I feel sick. I'm gonna test myself. Up, oh, I'm I'm negative. I guess I can go do stuff and do things. And then I was really sick that day, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep. And went to sleep and woke up the next day and tested. Up, oh, I'm positive. So. Yeah, uh, interesting times. Glad glad you're feeling better. How long
0: were? How long did you have the phantom line? Uh, how long did you have the phantom line?
1: I want to say I had it for at least five or six days after I felt perfectly fine. So like a full week after okay. I felt yeah, perfectly I, fine.
0: I was feeling pretty good by Saturday, certainly yesterday. But um, my understanding is uh, at, at, after ten days, you no longer have to isolate. The, you know, you should wear a mask. You should always wear a mask, frankly, if you're going to go in crowded places. But you don't have to wear it. You don't by law or whatever, have, you know, this is kind of like MLS, MLS, uh, uh sanction law. Uh, no one's watching. You can do whatever you want, but you know, if, if you're a nice guy, you're supposed to wear the mask when you go out, but after 10 days, you're, you're sort of free not to isolate anymore. Even if you continue to test positive, if you don't have symptoms, I guess that's the other part. I don't have a fever. I don't have a sore throat. Um, I don't have the fatigue, all that kind of stuff that I'm supposed to be having if I'm, positive
1: yeah and your brain fog is just the normal brain fog that you've always it's had. a
0: normal brain yeah. fog yeah, yeah i have is. no idea what day of the week it is that's right all right very good
1: um i think that'll do it we'll shut it down again we apologize for the live show not working we're gonna have the text come out from uh from spectrum and try to fix the internet uh by the time it thursday comes around so hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed and can get that done all right uh is there anything else you want to talk about kevin are we good
0: there's nothing I wanted to talk about when we started. Yeah, so
1: I'm glad I made it this far. I was going to say, we got, we lucked out. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's wonderful articles there for you. Again, latimes.com and at kbaxter 11 on Twitter. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N and of course at Galaxy Podcast. And of course, head on over to corner cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our stories. Alright, that does it. LA Galaxy in a preseason game week. You can go to it coming up on Saturday. Uh, so maybe we'll see you out at the stadium. Maybe we won't. That's okay too. Uh, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Patto Gessman. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to our little Corner of the Galaxy here. Have a great one, everybody.